Welcome to Real Estate Real World, where we talk to the movers, shakers, and leaders that are getting it done right now in the real estate industry and beyond. Your host is Marguerite Crispillo, and she started this podcast simply to talk to cool people about what's really happening in this crazy roller coaster ride of real estate. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and stay up to date on the newest stuff by adding yourself to the list at www.realestaterealworld.com. Com. Now your host, Marguerite Crispillo. Hello, everybody. It's Marguerite Crispillo, and welcome back again to another fabulous edition of Real Estate Real World, where we get to talk to all the fantastic people that are in our real estate industry. And today is no exception, as we have Kelly Resendez here as our special guest. Let me read a little bit about her. Kelly has more than 20 years of professional growth and success in the mortgage industry. A top producing mortgage originator and loan consultant for the likes of Washington Mutual, Wells Fargo, and she now serves as executive vice president of sales and business development for Paramount Partners Group, a residential mortgage lending company. Before retiring from originating, she helped over 2,500 families and managed over 100 referring realtors. She continues to speak and impact loan officers with her foundation to sustainable success system, which we're going to hear all about. And Kelly credits part of her success to the strategies she has shared in this book and focusing on referral business. She'll also tell you she focuses daily on creating more joy and becoming the best person she can be. The more she has learned on her journey of self-discovery, the more she has seen how the same principles can be used to propel her business forward. This knowledge and wisdom she found in the personal growth world has helped her impact countless loan officers and realtors in building their businesses. In Foundation to Sustainable Success, Kelly enthusiastically shares the knowledge with every loan officer who wishes to grow their business. She is devoted to serving as a leader, as a mentor, and as a resource, offering goal setting and leadership training that encourages mortgage professionals to excel in their business and better serve the needs of their customers. Welcome to the show. Hi, excited to be here. You're also a mama too, right? I am. I've got yeah. two beautiful little ones, 12 and 14. So. I can't believe they're 12 and 14. I think the <laughs> last time I saw you and them, this is sad, tragically, was you had a Christmas party years ago or some yeah. sort of Christmas thing, um, and they were babies. I oh, want to say yeah. they were only like three and four years old or something. Yeah, time flies. Definitely. Yeah, my youngest baby is now 21 and you know oh, six feet goodness. six feet tall, so they yeah. grow quick and they're they're such a joy. So that is actually a question before we dive into your book. How have you learned really kind of to manage or create some sort of balance with because you've been a big, big producer for a long time. I mean, you've, you've done some big numbers and beyond what most people do, you're number one in a lot of different capacities. And Mm. how do you kind of manage that with, I think that's a big question people ask. How do you make that work? Yeah. Well, to be honest, I didn't originally. Um, I mean, I was guilty of being just a overachieving um, workaholic that gained you know, all of my significance from the amount of money that I made and and just the amount of production that I had. And I just had a life-changing experience happen, you know, around 2003, my mom got sick with dementia and it honestly brought me to my knees. And 
I realized quite quickly that my priorities in my life just didn't really line up with how I was spending my time or energy. And, you know, I had an opportunity to just kind of dive into that self-discovery. And so we talk about balance a lot. And I think as, as people in business, we just don't realize how easy it is to, you know, not have balance. And then so many of us say that we want to live a balance driven life, but we don't even know what it means. So for me, you know, it's one thing I just have my priorities, um, my daily disciplines that I start my day with and just make sure that every morning, you know, I spend that hour on reviewing my priorities and my goals and, and just kind of getting in that state and then making commitments to, you know, those top priorities in my life, which work comes far after, you know, for me, God, my own emotional and physical well-being and my kids. So I've got to, I've got to be super intentional about how I spend my time. But, you know, that's great. That's great insight and advice because I think so many of us, uh, we just get up and we move and we don't really, we're not intentional about our lives. So give me like a brief synopsis of what your first hour of the day looks like. Yeah. Um, well, to be honest, first, first, I got to start the coffee. Um, <laughs> that's, we all. that's first and foremost. So I, I have the best of intentions getting it ready the night before, but that's just one thing I can't get done. So, um, you know, I actually start with a, with a devotional. I read the Bible every day. Um, I'm very faith-based. And then I go into kind of my own practice of reviewing my purpose, my I am statements, I go through my goals, and then I journal. Um, And, you know, my journal is about expressing gratitude for the joy I have and inviting help in for the suffering I have. So it's every day I I start it that way. And then I actually spend the next 30 minutes after that. And that's when I write. That's really my creativity time. Because after I get to the office and, you know, get dinner for the kids and whatnot, I am spent. So if I don't get my creativity in in the morning, then, um, you know, I just, I just don't get going. So that is a daily practice. It's been that way for so long. Um, I don't miss a day. So it really doesn't matter what I have. Um, it's something that I have to schedule in and it just sets me up. You know, I've got a motto that nobody steals my joy. And in this business, we've got people out there lined up. To <laughs> it's rough, huh? I mean, it's up. So <laughs> I just try to stay in that place where I, I come into work and I know that, you know, I'm in that state where I have, I've got a purpose. I'm here to spread joy and wisdom. And, and if somebody tries to, you know, take me down a little bit, I'm, I'm pretty well armed against it. So, so I completely understand a morning routine. And what I also know is how easy it is to get distracted. Right. And, you know, you mentioned not allowing people to steal your joy. And, you know, my favorite book of all time is the four agreements. Right. And number one is don't take it personal. Yes. Which is really hard in this business, right? Yeah. You like, you want to take things personal and, yeah. and it feels like sometimes people are out to uh, intentionally mess with you or, you know, criticize you and you have to kind of step back from that. Right. And I love your line. Don't let, you don't let anyone steal your joy. And yeah. that I think is incredibly impactful. Yeah. And I think what it really boils down to is that we can't ever stop being human, but we can identify what our top triggers are in our business. And so, 
you know, I introduce those to loan officers and real estate agents and just tell them, look, there are six that I've identified already that other people are triggered by. So why not have a plan for all six of these items ahead of time so that when you get into that stressful situation, maybe it's, you know, for a realtor, a loan officer not returning your phone calls and you're worried about the status of what that closing is or, you know, somebody fires you and tells you that you didn't do a good job when you know that you did, we can we can prepare for those situations in advance. They're pretty darn predictable. And so during my, you know, trigger management system and, and coaching that I provide to people, I really just kind of have people set that up ahead of time, you know, because it's it's that definition of insanity, you know, that we all know to be true. It's like, why don't we just anticipate instead of react and get to a place of responding instead of, you know, reacting. And, and we have that power. So do you have those six handy? What are those six? Um, you know, for a real estate agent, I don't. I'd have to, actually have to pull them from my book um, for loan officers, but I can pretty much tell you. Okay. They're pretty. They're pretty darn simple. You know, when we're fired is one of them. Right. We lose a listing. We have a buyer that just you know goes out on us and and whatnot. And when you really think about what that triggers for most agents is it triggers scarcity. You know, we do worry about where we're going to get the next client from. We worry about how we're going to, you know, thrive financially in this business. And we also worry about just that fear of rejection. I think yeah, completely. Yeah. And, and so we know what's going to happen. We know how we're going to feel when we get that response from somebody. And so we just have to come up with our own anticipatory, you know, conversion rates, knowing that, you know, out of 100 people, we're not always going to convert on all of them. And we need to allow people that freedom to choose who they want to work with. And, you know, as a real estate agent, when you look at, you know, the profile of home buyers and home sellers, um, we're our own competition. That's we are. right. Yeah. So if two thirds of sellers are choosing the first agent that they work with, uh, the reason why they're not is because somebody's going in without preparation. They're actually losing that client on their own. And, and one of the things that I can tell you that combats that trigger the most is that our communication style as an industry is, is lacking. You know, what we fail to do is really make promises that we follow through on. And I kind of refer to this as an I'm sorry industry. Um, you hear that. Yeah constantly. Exactly. Um, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you. I'm sorry that, you know, the flyer box was empty. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And, and same for loan officers. You know, I'm sorry I didn't get that presentation. I'm sorry I didn't, you know, update you or anticipate that. And, and that's what we've got to get away from. We've got to learn how to communicate more effectively. If we're going to make a promise, it needs to be scheduled on our calendar and it's a commitment. It's something that we're going to follow through on. So, I mean, I would say that's the top trigger besides somebody just being disappointed in the level of service that you provide. Doesn't it too, what I, I know that for me, what I've found is that when I take a hundred percent responsibility, Oh, yes. I'm way more likely to get stuff done, right? So if a buyer ends up firing me, not, you know, or not using to move forward with me, or I lose a listing, instead of getting kind of angry and frustrated with them, or, well, you know, why did they, why did they go out and do that? Do they not know the process? Well, no, they don't, first of all, right? Yeah. Like, this is what we do for a living. Yeah. But when you step back and you say, okay, 
how could I have handled that situation differently? Then you will start to improve. But if you don't do that, it's going to happen over and over again. Absolutely. And I don't think that most people have an opportunity seeking mindset. I think they have, you know, our most basic level of psychology is blame and projection, right? right? So those are the two things that we do. We're going to blame them and we're going to project our frustration onto others. And, And when we really just sit back and say, wow, this is an opportunity for me to look at, number one, do I have the right presentation skills? Um, for the client? Have I given them the right material? Have I followed up when I said that I was going to, you know, have I really stayed in touch? Then we do have that opportunity to systemize. And and that's, again, like when we look at the statistics on follow-up, that's the chief complaint of most um, consumers is that agents follow-up is just lacking. You know, and what's so funny is that that's where the fortune is made, right? Yeah. The fortune is made yeah. in that follow-up, in creating yeah. those systems and and processes to make sure that you're continuing to follow up. I mean, we're all guilty of it. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. You know, we, we all make the mistake of forgetting to call someone back or different things like that. Well, so what inspired you to write this book? Um. I've been coaching, you know, probably since the early 2000s. It was something that, you know, I was fortunate enough to find Brian Buffini in 98 and went to an event with him and and many of the, you know, producing realtors that we know here local. It was actually, I think, the last time that he was here for the Turning Point Retreat. And, you know, a light bulb went off in my head at that moment, which I'm looking around at the 500 realtors that were there saying, wow, this guy comes into town for three days. I'm going to be here for 365 days. <laughs> I start turning things. And so I really just started actually working with Chicago title company at that moment on doing realtor coaching events and speaking. And it was something that I just, you know, became passionate about. And so I started investing time in becoming a business coach and strategist. And instead of just being the person that provided loans for the real estate community, I also provided coaching support and accountability, um, which they, most people lack at the companies that they're at. Right. And so it, it just really allowed me to do that. And I realized later on that I loved helping loan officers too, because I couldn't help all of the real estate agents out there. And so part of my strategy is training loan officers to support realtors as well. Um, knowing that, you know, so many brokerage firms now just have lower split or higher splits, but lower service. And if we can come in and be that partner to them where we can support their business coaching and other things that it would be helpful. So, you know, my, my whole purpose in life is just impacting um, people's joy reducing suffering and and really just making that difference and you know I've been given a lot of wisdom and spent you know the last uh, 20 years training for this and and becoming that coach and just wanted to share that message with other people. So what is the name of your book? Uh, The name of the book is Foundation to Sustainable Success. And And it's coming out pretty soon, right? Yeah, it's actually going to be released next week on the 4th of October. So I'm very excited to get it out. You know, it's a conscious guide uh, to mastering the mortgage industry. and, And really, it's an egoless path. Um, all about impact and just wanting and believing that if we do our best, that we will prosper, prosper and stay in abundance. So I'm definitely excited to share the message with everyone out there. And we were talking earlier that you're also going to release a version specifically for real estate agents, right? 
Yeah, so hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have the realtor version as well. Um, right out of the gates though, there's gonna be some material that's available to realtors on my website that they can download in terms of business planning, goal planning, uh, the trigger management system, you know, different tools that they can already start using in their business today. Fantastic. Now let's talk a little bit about your passion project. Okay. Right? So tell me what you started. It's called Big Voice. Big Voices. Yes, Big Voices. Yeah. Okay. And and what inspired you to create this? Where did this come from? Um, well, again, you know, just being really clear on my purpose that um, it is my you know, mission to just share more joy and help people suffer less. I have just really identified that, you know, in the female population, you know, we started off talking about balance, that we are a worn out bunch. Yeah. We're a hot mess. <laughs> yeah. And oftentimes, you know, our thinking and our emotions um, just get us off track. And I want to teach women how to think differently. You know, I want to help them really be able to sift through the emotional ups and downs that we have and be able to just become the best self that they can. Uh, getting away from fear, anxiety, doubt, you know, all of those things that plague us. And I really teach them how to hear their big voice and, and be able to minimize their little voice. And, you know, when you think about a big voice, you might think, wow, that's probably the loudest one. Uh, it's actually the most quiet in our life and it takes a long time. We all find it at a different point. You know, I, I kind of refer to my mom as a human sacrifice in my life uh, because as she lost her way, uh, I found mine and I just feel that it's my purpose to be able to share that with other women. And, you know, I'm excited. It's going to, you know, it's going to take off over the next few years. Um, my first book, uh, Big Voices is what it's actually called as well. It's going to be out at the end of this year. And it really is just a way to kind of button up all of the things as women that we could do starting immediately to just write a new story for ourselves. And so, so what would that, what would that look like? Like you said to start, I think that so many of us get overwhelmed. Like and we go through these such a variety of changes, you know, for me, I, you know, when I first got into real estate, I had small babies, you know, yeah. small young kids. And, you know, then as they grew, my life kind of changed, my priorities changed. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, I became an empty nester. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, what the heck am I supposed to do now? Right? Like yeah. now what, you know, I've spent, you know, 28 years of my life being a mom, you right. know, and among other things, and I'm, I'm still a mom, but not in the same capacity, you know? So now it's more a matter of kind of rediscovering yourself and your purpose and what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's daily, honestly. Yeah. Um, it's changed year by year for me. Uh, I truly believe that it's going to unfold exactly the way that it's supposed to, as long as we stay open hearted and willing to just kind of, you know, persevere and, and go yeah. on that journey. And I think, you know, the journey of self-discovery for most of us just starts with some sort of an awakening. Um, maybe something happens, maybe something doesn't. Maybe you just wake up one day and say, I can't live this way anymore. So where I would tell you that most people would start is just identifying, like, I am not filled with joy all day long. I am not doing what I want. I'm not surrounding myself with who I want. And something is just not working. And then once you get to that point, you know, I just kind of serve as that guide and translator. You know, I 
for most of us that are in the speaking and writing world, that's really all we are because most of these messages and other things are just timeless, whether they came from the Bible or Buddha or, you know, somebody that was a thinker from long ago. And, you know, I just try to translate a path that works well for people and, and identifying their purpose. And for a lot of people, they're like, I have no idea what it is. Um, I just start with my purpose is finding my purpose then like let's start somewhere and then we go through creating their goals um, their priorities just really making sure that we're spending our time energy and money actually where our priorities are and then going through the sabotage management plan you know we've all got a preferred method whether you're in business or, or not in business you know we all have that preferred method of sabotage whether it's we don't manage time well you know for me I'm I'm a recovering perfectionist and <laughs> I lived my life um, seeking significance and acceptance from other people. And I had no idea who I was um, when my awakening happened. I, you know, being a mom, you're just so used to taking care of everyone else's needs that I didn't even know what my own were. Right. I didn't know what I would do on a Saturday or Sunday if I didn't have anything to do and, and whatnot. And so you just kind of really go through and discover what that, you know, what what really is your preferred method of sabotage and distraction and and whatnot so that you can then create a growth plan to say well if i want to be more present that's going to be on my annual growth plan and i'm going to spend more time learning how to be present and and quiet what i call my monkeys you know my little voice i refer to them as, <laughs> as my monkeys and they show up and they still do their thing so there's no you know, there's no puzzle to solve in this. We don't get to end, you know, the the chatter uh, that goes on, you know, with our little voice and, and our emotions that go up and down, but we can certainly be in a place where we're stronger to offset those. So I would just say the first thing today that I would tell anyone, whether you're in real estate or mortgage or not, and you're just happen to be watching this is that we are not our thoughts and we are not our emotions. And until we start separating from them, like we will not live a balanced life. We will be pulled in too many different directions. We will be the person that lays down at night. And instead of saying thank you um, from the bottom of my heart, from this amazing and beautiful day, and I'm so excited for another one, um, we are just anxious and we're afraid and we can't sleep. And then, you know, a lot of times people turn to those distractions that are not good for us. So, I mean, that's really the first thing that you'd start with is that acknowledgement that we are not our thoughts. And, you know, I think that that is, you hear that message so many times over and over and over again, but it still seems like one of the toughest ones, right? Yeah, right. And the way that I, I remember describing it or someone described to me one time is, Imagine that your monkeys have a name, right? And yeah. their name is Sally and she's sitting next to you in the car and you're getting ready yeah. to go on an eight hour drive. Like how long are you going to listen to Sally, you know, yik yakking and saying all that right. junk she says in your head. Most of us would kick her out in the first five minutes, right? but we allow that person to live inside of our head all the time. And it's a, that's a daily hourly minute by minute. Oh. Uh, for sure. uh, challenge to shut that voice down, don't you think? Yeah, and I would just say, I think that's the first thing is that, you know, I'm pretty type A driven. My first plan when I initially started down this path is I wanted to kill the monkey. Right? <laughs> yeah. 
I wanted them to go away. Like I am going to figure out how to just eliminate um, these voices that are really <laughs> dragging me to a different place. And, and over time and over, you know, serious study with, you know, Eckhart Tolle and Deepak Chopra and, you know, other amazing um, mindfulness coaches that were out there, I just, I started honoring the monkeys. I really did. I started to get curious about where they were formed, when and why, what they were trying to protect me from, and, and really just give them more acknowledgement instead of being in a place of separation. I just, you know, I just kind of thanked them and appreciated them and, and then told them, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, I choose to live an extraordinary life. And I know that anything that's rooted in doubt or, you know, anxiety or fear or anything doesn't come from my highest self. And, and I just kind of give them that honor. And, and, you know, I giggle with them a lot. You know, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, you know, I uh, felt like my monkeys were at a kegger. <laughs> they literally were, you know, upside getting down, trashed. just getting <laughs> trashed and having a lot of fun. And, and, you know, I just kind of see them and laugh at them and, and appreciate them. And then I just get back to, you know, my discipline life that I try to lead. You know, I, I had the rare opportunity to meet Deepak Chopra a few years ago in yes. such a random way. A friend of mine, he was speaking in Chico, which is where I grew up of all places. Yeah. And a friend of mine like posted something says, Hey, I have these tickets and I don't have time to go. I was like, Oh my yeah. goodness. I'm like, and I got to meet him and what a, um, you just, just getting around him. You just feel peaceful. Yeah. Like, you know, like he's just, yeah. what, what a, what a great guy. And I love what you said about kind of embracing your monkeys. Right. I, I never really thought of it that way. It's like, I, I was like you, I was always trying to push them, get, get right. the heck out of here. Right. I don't have time for you, but clearly they have a message, not necessarily a positive message, but it's a message that we probably need to hear and figure out how to turn that around. Like if you're pushing them away, you're not hearing what they have to say. Right. If you're embracing them, then you're hearing what they have to say and you're figuring out how to change that message. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, what we resist persists, right? We know that to be true. And so I think that what we have to identify is how do we try to quiet our monkeys? Because as humans, we can't tolerate them for very long. Right. So most people go down. They go down to distraction, whether that's alcohol, drugs, food, you know, you name it, they find a way to get out of that cycle that, you know, the monkeys have created. And for me, I just always look at it as an opportunity to rise above it. And, you know, the curious side of me always says, I wonder why they're showing up right now. And, you know, I've, I've studied neuroscience um, and just how it affects our psychology uh, for about 10 years. And when you really look at it, you know, we just have pathways and you can find sometimes where it started, you know, maybe where that fear of rejection showed up or where um, the fear of just not being able to financially prosper showed up or, you know, the fear of your marriage or whatever it is. You can find some point that they really just kind of started to come out and, and just get to that place where I, I see what you're trying to do. Like, I understand what you're trying to do is protect me. 
because you don't want me to feel pain. But really what they do is, is they create so much more suffering if you allow them to. And we're supposed to experience sadness and disappointment and you know other emotions that might be viewed as negative. And I think we try to avoid those things at all costs when really what we need to do is allow ourselves to feel whatever it is that we're feeling and I somehow just lost you. No, I'm here. Okay. Uh, <laughs> My computer just timed out and it went black. So sorry. Oh, no, about I'm, that. Still, I'm still here. I'm still here. No worries. Yeah. And so I just think, you know, part of this is learning how to sit with the discomfort sometimes and, and just feel whatever we're feeling and know that it's not long term and it too will pass. And we've got to get back to joy because one thing that, you know, I, I can tell you, it is much easier to suffer than it is to remain in joy, which doesn't seem right. It's right. much easier to um, not accept ourselves than it is to accept ourselves. It's much easier to not love ourselves than it is to love ourselves. And we just have to recognize it doesn't come easy. It's intention. It's, you know, focus and, and discipline and, and doing all of those things every day. So what is your plan for the big voices? It's you're creating a network, right? What yeah. is it you're creating and what's your plan for that? Yeah. So I think this could be, you know, huge for many women, right? Myself yeah. included. Yeah. So really what I would love to see over time, um, you will see wisdom come out for me a couple times a week or a month, uh, just depending on what my writing schedule is. And so I will just give wisdom out. Um, that you can read and there are tools on the website. So all my goal planners, um, my vision, you know, my thought management strategy, triggers, priorities, other tools that you might need to start living that extraordinary life right away. And then what I'm doing is just inviting anyone that has wisdom to share with women, whether it's through a book or a blog or article or video or anything is just it's going to be a mechanism to share that wisdom and so we will be spreading that via social media and other things and then also looking for strategic partnerships so anybody that wants to help women in the major categories you know from finance to leadership to health and fitness anything is is we are looking for strategic partners to contribute as well and then uh, organizations that we can give back to so for me the entire purpose of having a big voice is to be able to spread the wisdom to those that haven't found their big voice yeah. yet and and finding a way to just get things out there and so the network you know over time i hope just grows to be something that's a household name for women that they know that they can go here and find the resources that they need and potentially whether it's retreats or events or other things that are going to feed that annual growth plan for themselves and make it just a resource to to live and experience more joy in their life and so the website for that is uh, bigvoicesrise.com Oh, that's fantastic. And we'll yeah. be sure to put that in the show notes as well as on our website at realestaterealworld.com. Um, so you know what, Kelly, this has been really inspiring. It's completely went a different direction than I thought it would. Uh, but that's what I love about talking with amazing women like you. You've really been a huge leader here in our community here in Northern California. And I know, obviously, that's going much further than our little backwoods uh, back of the backyard. But 
I'm really excited for you and what you're doing. And I can't wait to uh, get a copy of your book and check out your website. Are you going to be doing for big voices? Are you planning on doing like retreats or workshops? You said, yeah. okay. Yeah. So the target for the first event is actually going to be next summer okay. um, here. And, and I'll be looking for speakers and contributors and, and sponsors and whatnot to be able to host that. But that will be our first big voices event where we'll bring in people that just on, on the different topics, there's seven of them that we'll go through and, and just kind of make sure that people have a good foundation that if they want to start writing a new story for themselves, this would be a great starting point for them. Wow, that's exciting. I can't wait to, uh, I want to hear all about that. I'll be there for sure. Absolutely. Well, I yeah. hope you're going to be a part of it. And yeah, I would love to. You've been, you've been the same great leader in our community. And I think, you know, the one message that I've been sharing with real estate agents recently is that, you know, there is a lot of fear going on in our industry right now over, you know, what type of uh, impact the digital age is going to have on us. And, you know, the research that we've done and we see, you know, I don't know if you've seen the most recent NAR statistics that buyers and sellers state that only 6% of agents follow up with them after a closed transaction just breaks my heart. Oh, yeah, devastating. One of the, you know, one of the largest metrics that I coach to in, in my platform is called a referral efficiency, which is the quantity of referrals that you get a year from every customer that you close a transaction for. And, you know, the most ideal number for somebody is two. If you just got two referrals from every single person, you would never have to worry about your next. Exactly. Step. And yet we don't follow up. And, and, you know, I mentioned in here, the communication, we don't know how to communicate as an industry because we say things like, Oh, I work by referral. I love referrals. And that's not the way that our brains work. You need right. to give crystal clear directions to every customer. Hey, my goal is to get this transaction done you know, timely for you and that over a course of a year that you're going to send at least two people to me. And then every time you follow up with them, you tell them how close they are to what that goal is. It just changes things in that dynamic because there is a world out there that's trying to question our value yeah, and exactly. our value as, you know, feet on the street professionals has nothing to do with finding homes, searching for homes, that kind of thing. It has to do with just being right there with that consumer, understanding what their financial objectives and goals are, being a good listener, and being able to give them advice and opinions that are rooted on actual market data and, and doing what's best for them. You know, whether it's just based off of the schools or just a long-term plan or whatnot. And there's no way that the internet's ever going to be able to replace that. But, you know, as agents and loan officers, if you don't know your value proposition right now, and it should have nothing to do with searching for homes or finding homes, which, you know, 10 years ago, they needed us for. Right. You got to get back to basics and really figure out what, what value you bring to a consumer today. You know, I think that that's the most valuable message that I've heard in a long time. And, uh, you know, what many of us, especially who've been in the business for a while, talk about and preach. Yeah. But it's interesting how few, I mean, I've met agents that have been in longer than me and don't have a database and don't yeah. follow up and don't, I'm like Amazing. blown away by that. Amazing. I'm like, that, that kills me. 
Yeah. So if you hear nothing else today, but you had so many valuable things to say that it, the value of exactly what you just said, we have to show that our, our value is more than just showing homes. Absolutely. And, or the lowest rate or, you know, whatever it is like, that's not, the, yeah. that's not the bottom line. We can stop the commoditization that the fintech world is trying to accomplish right now. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you, they are in the Silicon Valley working very hard to try to make us obsolete. And Absolutely. it's, us. you know, I think, I think we're going to skinny out a little bit. I think both our, our industries are going to shrink based off of the number of people that just don't even do transactions. Yeah. And I, I think it's going to, the, the people that spend the most time creating their value, um, you know, learning more about how to communicate effectively and do presentations and add value are going to be the ones to rise. So I think for a lot of us, we're just going to see our productivity numbers go up, our income go up, and we're going to have a lot more fun where the people that are taking advantage of the freedom and not working hard and, and right on behalf of their consumers just aren't going to have a place anymore. Well, I can only say that the thing I got a million messages from you today, but what I'm going to take away is don't let anyone steal your joy. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And you and, brought me so much today. <laughs> I can just go home now. Yeah, you brought me so much too today. So thank you. Thank you so much, Kelly. It's been such a true joy um, getting to spend some time with you and let's not make it like 10 years, right? No, absolutely Let's, let's, get, lunch. let's get lunch. I'd love to see you. So, like that, so. And thank you so much. And what you're doing is just absolutely fantastic. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you everybody for joining us today on another great episode of Real Estate Real World. We're honored to have Kelly here today and we'll be sure to put in the show notes access to all of her fabulous stuff she's doing, her book and, and her Big Voices Network. I'm excited about that. So take the time out there to go make sure that you are making an impact in the real estate industry and in your personal life by doing everything you can to create joy by those that you impact, right? There you go. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining us on Real Estate Real World. Go check it out at realestaterealworld.com. You can download us on iTunes, Podbean, and a number of other podcast app applications. So thanks again for joining us today. Bye-bye, everybody. Thank you for joining us today on Real Estate Real World, where we talk with masters and leaders in real estate and beyond on how we can raise the bar in our industry. Please subscribe over on iTunes. And while you're there, be sure to give us a review. Your reviews encourage us and help others find our podcast. For show notes and hot topics on what's going on right now in our real estate industry, hop on over to www.realestaterealworld.com and add your name to our email. Thanks again for listening. And go out there. Be a part of the elite masterclass in raising the bar on the real estate industry.